Next up in my travels was the Himalayas, and I was pretty excited to be going to the Himalayas and Kathmandu. Um, you know, they'd always held a, um, a place in my imagination. I loved mountaineering and reading about um, mountaineering, and I'd read all about Hillary and uh, Mallory and, um, uh, you know, the climbs and treks on Everest and Everest region. Um, and uh, I just wanted to see what they looked like, basically, you know, what would Mount Everest look like? So um, here we go. Okay, April 12th. Very glad I came to Kathmandu. It is a very bus hustling and bustling place. I like the feel. I talked with Nima at Above the Clouds Trekking. He suggests doing the Everest Trek. Some amount of time, uh, say, same amount of time, higher mountains, and no Maoist trouble. Uh, got my gear at the post office. Glad it made it. Took some doing because they gave me the wrong P.O. box. Therefore, we didn't think it made it at first. Also took a while to sign the papers and pay the money. Talk about bureaucracy. Leave tomorrow with my guide, guide Kamcha, Kamcha. Off for dinner and beer in the tourist section, Tamil, at New Orleans. April 13th, me and my guide, sounds like Kamcha, flew into Lukla today. You fly in between the mountains, which gives you this feeling of being in a submarine cruising the ocean. We landed on an uphill runway. It was awesome. The plane came, comes at it in a weird angle, nose down, so you can see the runway in front of you and you dive into it. Oh, it's on the edge of a cliff. We hiked about four hours to a lodge, uh, Manzu. The only ones here. I think we are at about 10,000 feet. I love the Himalayas already. Walk through village after village. They have fields of wheat, potatoes, garlic, even some apple trees. The fields are terraced and separated by low stone walls. I've seen lots of the Sherpas and then snotty and then snotty nosed kids running around. They are cute and most have rosy cheeks. Lots of pine forest and some rhododendron. These are the foothills. But they are big and dramatic. No snow. Just before we got to the lodge, looked up to see this wall of a huge white mountain above. I think Tamserku. Quite a few other trekkers on the route, uh, just not at this lodge. The trail is following glacier-fed river. This is way cool. So happy to be here. April 14th through the 15th. A couple of good days. Walked up to Namchi Bazaar following the river and over the suspension bridges. Four hours, but fairly tough. Lots of pine forest. Namchi is built into a mountainside, but in a protective bowl. Look out at huge mountains across the way. Did some shopping. Got great yak wool stuff. A hat, gloves, slash mittens, and really cool scarves. Stayed at Alma de Blom guest house. Other folks there met a cool Australian girl at the coffee house. Super view. 
Speaking of super views, from, Nanchi, from Namchi, you hike up a little, round a corner, and you see the whole range. Ama de Blom, you notice first, on the right. Then going left, Lotzi, with a huge ridge, Everest, and Noopsi. Something like that. And Tamserku off further in the right. What a view. It was great. The top of the world. There it is, right in front of you. You can also see the canyon below from where we came, so you get a great feel for the depth of the range, the height. Anyway, you see from the foothills to the top of Everest in one shot. We also saw two herds of brown mountain goats. For the first half of the day, great view of Ama de Blom. Then you descend, turn a corner, and go up through mossy forest with pine. Lots of rhododendron, birch, and you have an awesome view of Tamserku, the side opposite from a few days ago. Then up to Dole at 4,200 meters, about 14,000 feet. They have a massive forest of rhododendron. Not in bloom, would be amazing. Different feel here, high alpine, meadow, stream running through, jagged peaks above. April 16th, didn't travel for today, about two and a half hours. Oh, didn't travel far today, about two and a half hours. But I did feel the altitude today, very sluggish. We are at uh, Machima, about 14,500 feet at the Yeti Lodge. All these lodges are similar, an eating room with central stove that burns yak dung. He just loaded it with yak shit in front of my eyes. That has three sides of windows with benches built into the wall with nice Nepali weaved rugs to sit and with cold rooms separated by plywood walls. Machima is in a high valley surrounded by huge mountains. It has so many meadows. It has many meadows for yaks um, and two ponies separated by low stone walls. The fog is rolling in very pretty. Sachoyo today. It is huge. Spectacular views today. Sunny day. The mountains are huge as well as space between them. There is a spacious feeling here. Otherworldly. 417 to 418. Headed up to Gokyo and the altitude really hit me. Everything slowed way down. I couldn't even walk fast downhill. Gokyo is on a beautiful alpine lake and has great views of Choyo. Met two girls who have done some climbing in the past week. One of them is the guide. We walked around the lake and built some cairns. It snowed about one to two inches in the afternoon. Very pretty. Cool with mini yaks um, sitting in to sleep around the lodges. I had to avoid them at night. As I walked back to the lodge, I'd been hanging with the girls and their crowd at another lodge. Next day at 5 a.m., we headed to Gokyo Ri, which is a big hill with an awesome view of Everest. The recent snow made everything beautiful, but tougher walking. The view was incredible, crystal clear. Everest was right in front of us, as well as all the famous peaks. It really rises above the rest. Then traveled to another lodge. Didn't know the name of this stop 
across the Choyo Glacier. It is huge, tons of fallen rock, lakes, ice revealing itself here and there, and even sand dunes. We head up um, the Chola Pass tomorrow. Uh, supposedly tough. Oh, and I think the top of Gokyo-ri was about 17,000 feet, 8 meters lower uh, than base camp, the highest I've ever been. Well, I just was recording my memories here, and I got a phone call, so I'll have to redo it. I, I hope I can remember what I was talking about. Um, yeah, the, the Himalayas were just fantastic. Um, uh, the, the the thing that jumps out is the space, is the hugeness of everything, even the valleys, even the space in between. And um, so when I got there um, to uh, Kathmandu, I met up with a guide service, a trekking service. So my doctor was a, a Everest uh, base camp doctor and he made a friend and that friend um, uh, ran a uh, trekking service. So I met him and I had planned on doing um, the um, Annapurna trek. Um, but he really sold me on the Everest trek and I'm glad he did. Um, so, um, you know, just uh, – a little story about uh, uh, um, Kathmandu. When I got there, I had my dad mail my stuff, my hiking boots, my sleeping bag, my um, down jacket, and some other things. And um, we got to the post office So with a, my guide, um, who I'll talk a little bit more about. But uh, they told me there was nothing for me. They didn't have anything. And I just had this feeling that it was there, or at least I should check. And it's a small thing, but it's one of those things you learn in traveling, you know, it kind of sticks with you in life is, you know, sometimes don't give up, you know, or, you know, probably a good lesson all the time. But uh, anyway, my guide and I convinced the, the guy at the uh, post office to let us go in the back in the, in the warehouse. And sure enough, there was a box for me there. <laughs> so found all my stuff. And um, this trek was going to be like seven days to Everest Base Camp. And... Um, they give you a guide and the guide basically um, just knows the route and um, knows the uh, lodges or they call them tea houses. And there aren't that many, but he kind of goes to the ones he likes. You know, they kind of have their friends. And um, and he carried my bag. And so his name was Concha, which means little child. He was a, a, a small man. He was, you know, I don't know, 5'5 five, five or something, 5'4". But strong, and he he carried my big backpack, and I always felt a little guilty about that. It wasn't that heavy, but it was, you know, it had my sleeping bag and clothes and stuff, and I had a little backpack with water and camera gear and stuff. But when you leave, um, and and uh, Kathmandu is not, it's just there's not a lot to describe. It's very bustling. I didn't get a chance to really go to the old town and everything. Um, I, you know, I just saw the tourist restaurants and whatnot. Um, you know, I'd been concerned about the Maoists because they'd blown up a few internet cafes and everything. So thankfully, none of that happened. Um, but anyway, you take a prop plane um, to Lukla. That's the jumping off point, L-U-K-L-A. And that is a trip in and of itself. So it's like a 10-seater. And um, you get this sense of being in a submarine submerged um, in the ocean because you're flying in these valleys of these huge foothills. 
of the Himalayas, and they're all above you. And the, but there's the space is so big in between that you can fly a plane in between, and you just kind of feel like you're cruising around underwater. And then when you get to Lukla, you come up this big valley, and uh, they make a right, and you can see through the uh, captain's window, and you see this little post stamp of a runway at the edge of this huge cliff and and that's where they're going to land and you're like thinking no way <laughs> but they they land with the nose kind of down and you can see the whole thing progress because you're looking out the window through the captain's window and the runway is short but it uh, goes up at an incline so <laughs> it's just a trip to watch this thing unfold you know and you're like they touch down and they reverse the engines and and you go up this hill and there you are. Um, so anyway, Kancha and I um, started our, our trek, and um, you go through these uh, terraced uh, hillsides, villages where they have, uh, you know, growing weed. It's, you know, green fields and, and some fruit trees. And, and I remember some of them had these um, prayer wheels, these big ones where they had like the uh, Omnipodnum prayer um written on the outside in like bronze and you would spin these things. So the idea is that, you know, it's going omnipodum, omnipodum, omnipodum. So you're getting a lot of prayers in. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you know, we went through the, the forests and everything and the, and the big rivers and you go over the suspension bridges and we stayed at a couple of these uh, tea houses and they're not anything special, but they all have a big room with windows and, you know, brightly colored um uh, window sills and window panes, you know, um, like orangish and bluish, and and they have these nice like Oriental rugs, but they're Nepalese rugs, and there's they always have a couple kids. And there's always a stove in the middle, and um, they have these wood benches on the side. They're built into the wall, and you would just sit there, and um, you know the kids always had um, rosy cheeks and runny noses, and they would uh, feed the stove uh, yak dung. So. <laughs> yak shit and um and the food wasn't very good it was always like uh, uh pork fried rice but not a lot of pork if any you know maybe you'd get an egg on there egg on there if you were lucky and some like um you know not not really lettuce but something kind of like lettuce i mean i basically didn't eat hardly anything for for uh, you know 10 days but um so and the rooms were always freezing cold and um, cause there was ply, you know, plywood walls and, um, but gorgeous locations. <laughs> um, so we made our way up to Namchi Bazaar, which is this cool little town, um, carved into the hillside. It's kind of like a horseshoe shape. And I remember the views from there were spectacular. And I bought a lot of cool yak stuff like yak scarves and yak hats and yak gloves and mittens, you know, and I used all that stuff going higher up. And still have it to this day. It's really warm, but when it gets wet, it smells like yak. Um, and you would see yaks on the trail and everything. And um, uh, so anyway, you kind of go through this, um, you know, wooded area. You get higher and higher. And the, I remember seeing the first big mountain, Tamserku. And it is. You look up, and it's like this big, massive wall of white in glacier. And it's just breathtaking. It's like the size and scale of the mountains you, you've never seen before. Like when I come back here, you know, go over the Sierras, they just seem like a little tiny bump, you know. Um, so, um, and when you get up above Namchi Bazaar, you have your first sighting of the really high mountain. So you can see the whole range. You can see Everest. You can see Ama de Blom, which is this really pretty mountain. 
but that's an experience to see Everest for the first time, you know, the highest mountain in the world. And, um, yeah, so then, so you get up in kind of this more alpine area and, um, as I described and I, I won't describe in much more detail, but one thing I remember is getting up to this lake, um, and you're looking at Alma de Blanc right there and that's when the altitude hit me and I, I mean, I was like kind of woozy. I was like really hard to walk and I kind of wondered, you know, if I was in trouble, um, but I guess you acclimatize and I did. And then we got up to this place called Gokio, which is this cool little village and on a cool little alpine lake. And that was cool because at night it snowed. And I remember going up to kind of like a hangout place with all these other people. It wasn't my lodge. It was another lodge. And I had like a beer or two. And I remember walking back in the middle of the night without my flashlight um, and everything snow covered and, and like all these rocks were covered in snow. But these rocks started to move as I got closer and they were the yaks. So all the yaks are bedded down. And so it's kind of like this obstacle course to avoid all the yaks to get back to my my plywood palace. But the next morning we got up early and we climbed this ridge mountain basically called Gokio, Gokio Ri Ridge. And um, it was so spectacular because it had snowed the night before. So there's like this fresh coat of snow over the, the mountain we climbed and you get to the top and they have all these like, you know, prayer flags. But the view is like nothing I've ever seen. It's probably the most spectacular view I've ever seen. You you see all the mountains around you just snow covered you just feel like you're literally on top of the world and you're looking out at Everest and Everest is kind of like a valley or two in the distance so that's what we did the next day is we crossed one of these valleys and it was a glacier fed valley it was actually you cross a glacier the it's the glacier that runs down from Choyo and um we crossed that and spent the night at a, a lodge and the next day we were going to go up this um pass which we were kind of debating whether to do because of the snow, because it might be too icy and steep. Um, but yeah, those are all my memories, I think. And then we'll continue uh, on the way to Everest.